Before I forget, happy belated Dragon Boat Festival. I hope you ate zongzi to your heart's content. So, the biggest news out of China over the last week has got to be the passage of the anti-foreign sanctions law. To get a rundown of the law, we're on the line this week with our Vice President for China Operations, Matt Margulies. Good to be back. From the U.S. China Business Council in Washington, D.C., I'm Aaron Slauson, filling in for Ian Hutchinson, and this is the China Business Minute. So Matt, what can you tell us about the anti-foreign sanctions law? So you're right. Most of us are aware by now that last Thursday, June 10th, the Standing Committee of China's Parliament passed its anti-foreign sanctions law. And what the law does is it formalizes authorities that have already been available in China while creating a higher level regulatory foundation, right? A law from the National People's Congress as opposed to administrative regulations or departmental rules to coordinate and enforce China's anti-sanction behaviors. Specifically, the law enables state council bodies that haven't been identified yet to employ a list of countermeasures if China assesses that foreign nations have violated international law with what it's calling discriminatory restrictive measures that harm Chinese citizens or interfere with China's internal affairs. It will do so by creating a countermeasures list, which is a list that will be populated by organizations or individuals that directly or indirectly participate in the drafting, decision-making, or implementation of discriminatory restrictive measures. It also opens companies or other stakeholders to litigation in Chinese courts and to other legal liabilities if they continue to implement the foreign sanctions. The law was passed somewhat quietly and quickly, right? After only two reviews instead of the traditional three reviews, which neither of which were public. Uh, The timing and speed of the law's passage, I wouldn't say is unprecedented, right? It's actually authorized within um, the Chinese legal system. But on such a sensitive and high-profile topic, I'd say the lack of transparency is a little bit uh, troubling. Most members from USCBC will recall that China's anti-espionage law and cybersecurity law both went through public readings during their drafting process back in the 2015-2016 timeframes. And the cybersecurity law specifically also granted a six- or seven-month phase-in period between passage and implementation, whereas the anti-foreign sanctions law from last week does not, and it instead went into effect immediately. That sounds pretty daunting so far. What can you tell us about the most important takeaways of the law's passage? Yeah, you know, for me, there are two top-line takeaways. First, it of course contributes greatly to the significant uncertainty facing nearly all major American and foreign companies doing business with China, right? The choosing a side dilemma that is increasingly present nowadays. Similarly, it also has potentially significant impact on Chinese companies as well, right? Especially if you're a Chinese bank that's operating overseas and you have to comply with U.S. Treasury sanctions in order to not lose access to the U.S. dollar and the U.S. banking system. We all know by now that the Chinese government to date has been relatively careful about if or how it retaliates against foreign companies, um, recognizing the chilling impact it could have on foreign investment in China if it were to do so. But Articles 11, 12, and 14 in the law basically stipulate that stakeholders cannot comply with foreign sanctions that harm China's interests, and at the same time, they must also implement China's countermeasures or face legal liabilities. That's going to be a very difficult needle to thread going forward. Second, it's useful to note the specific countermeasures this law authorizes Chinese authorities to take. One is basically a a set of visa restrictions. Two is freezing of assets in China. And three is prohibiting transactions and cooperation with subjects of China's sanctions. 
Then there's also a fourth catch-all provision for any other necessary measures that are not specifically enumerated in the law. Now, each of these countermeasures is significant in their own right and could be significantly impactful to member companies if affiliated parties end up on the countermeasures list. However, if we take a look back over the last few months, uh, first, on January 20th of 2021, the day of President Biden's inauguration, China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs announced sanctions against, I think, 18 or so members of former President Trump's administration. The penalties announced against these targets are exactly the same penalties that have now been authorized by Article 6 of the anti-sanctions law. Second, in March of 2021, so just about three months ago, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs also announced sanctions against numerous individuals in the U.S., the U.K., and the EU in retaliation for coordinated Xinjiang-related sanctions. And again, these subjects also face the same Article 6 penalties that were now authorized by the anti-sanctions law. So the Chinese government really has already utilized these penalties twice this year, despite the law not being passed yet. So far, they've not targeted major companies, though the signal that's being sent is still uh, fairly clear. Similarly, the Article 6 penalties in this law largely mirror the penalties outlined by Article 10 of the Unreliable Entities List Implementing Provisions from 2020. The legal liabilities in the anti-sanctions law were also enabled previously through MOFCOM's blocking statute, which was also put into force previously. So the point here is these authorities are not really that new. Um, they've been utilized and formalized before, um, but what's happening now is they are just, I would say, more formalized and legitimized at a higher level with broader legal authority within the Chinese system today. I would say there are interesting test cases that do linger out there on the horizon. For example, there are uh, members of former President Trump's administration that were included in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs January 20th sanctions list. Since leaving office, some members of the ad former administration have gone on to positions with public institutions as visiting fellows or in private positions. In theory, the sanctions on some of those uh, former officials could open their new institutions to retaliatory countermeasures. Now, I'm not a lawyer, and that's just my, my personal interpretation of the situation, but to my knowledge, no action has been taken yet towards the organizations that are hiring these former Trump administration officials. But passage of this new law last week, the anti-foreign sanctions law, could lead to new questions and could be a potential new flashpoint. So what comes next? What should businesses be keeping an eye on? So I, I guess my final point is, is the context in which uh, this law was passed, right? Um, you know, USCBC has worked a lot in the last few weeks and months on a lot of uh, ongoing developments in, in Congress, right? The U.S. Innovation and Competition Act was just passed in the Senate. Um, the Biden administration just released a new executive order amending the communist military companies list, and it's now being replaced by a uh, Chinese military industrial complex companies list. And so this law is passed in that context, right, of other uh, legislative or regulatory actions happening in the United States. And so although specific retaliation against companies has been limited to date, the tensions and flashpoints are here to stay. Really what we've seen is, it, is all of this activity follows the trend of China responding in kind to each action the U.S. or multilateral parties have taken towards China, whether it's specific sanctions and responding with specific sanctions, or whether it is regulatory actions being followed by specific regulatory action. So I would expect that trend to continue into the future, unfortunately, but uh, that is where things stand today. All right, Matt, helpful as always. Thank you so much. Always glad to be here. 
If this week's show was helpful to you, be sure to forward it to colleagues, leave us a review, subscribe if you wish. It really does help other China business folks find us. The China Business Minute is a production of the U.S. China Business Council. You can learn more about our work at our website, uschina.org. As always, thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week.